Welcome. Welcome to Walking with Ken Boyle. Well, it's Sunday afternoon and it's about five o'clock. The evening is fast approaching. Oh, another hot day here in New Hampshire. So most of our day has been spent in our home. We did take a short Sunday ride this morning, but we returned home pleased to be in our comfortable, cooler home. Molly has kept me close company this afternoon, for we had a clap of thunder, and our soul-loved Molly was frightened. I went down cellar to work on a small project, and Molly hung out with me for a few hours. She, she usually doesn't spend much time with me in my shop, but not so today. She stayed with me for a long time, and I love being her security blanket. When she looks up at me with those trusting eyes, it melts my heart. When we came up the stairs so I could walk with you, Molly rushed up the stairs ahead of me and then turned and looked down just to make sure I was coming up those stairs as well. Today we'll visit in my study, for it is too hot outside for a walk, and my office has air conditioning. And it seems to be working very well this summer in the heat and oppressive humidity. So please, just take a seat over there in my joiner's chair, and I'll sit here in my comfortable study recliner. Oh, I'll not recline. I'll I'll sit up straight. Have you ever noticed that? Men usually have a favorite chair in their home. Dale has a special chair here right over there in my study. But I'm not positive that many women have special chairs like men do. Remembering back in my ministry, a parishioner named Jane Money comes to mind. I think she would appreciate my memory of her. So I'm offering to you her life a little bit, and her real name, because I don't think she would mind my doing so. Her husband's name was Wilbur, and when I came to visit Jane in my church some years ago, after her husband had passed away, she pointed out Wilbur's comfortable chair, and it was there in her kitchen. She explained to me that she made sure she had a comfortable place for her husband in the kitchen so she could visit with him when she was preparing the evening meal or cooking or baking. (laughs) And I'll bet he did not mind sitting there in that chair when she took hot cookies out of the oven. After visiting with Jane, I so often thought that she was such a wise woman to have that chair in in her kitchen for her husband, for the kitchen was the place where she spent so much of her time. My wife Dale has done that for me. In our kitchen there is a very comfortable rocking chair where I can sit as she prepares our evening meal. I'll set the table and then I'll sit in that rocker and talk to her and pat Molly and give Molly some treats. Jane was rather unusual, 
for she kept Wilbur's chair in that kitchen and the small table and light, even after he passed away. I was so glad that she did, and that I was able to visit in that special place where her husband had sat so often. I truly appreciated how thoughtful she had been to create that special place. Oh, and and then I guess I've known other wives, really special ones, who found that when their husband passed away, that that favorite chair of his was a sign of absence and loneliness and sadness. So there were many times I advised more than one person in the church to give that special chair away when it was a symbol of grief and sadness. My, we are all different. We children of God, we're all different, aren't we? Now, once again, our walk has taken me far away from what I had intended to relate to you this afternoon. I had it in my mind to talk of how the other night I just could not get to sleep. I find that happens more recently and more often. I think part of it is my age, but another part of it is that I find our world so different from the world I have known up until this recent time of division. I love the history of our country, and I've tried so hard to understand what is happening today with that history I knew of yesterday. So for a time, I tossed and turned, and then I began to think of my life and the people I have sought to pastor and how fortunate I have been to have served people who have brightened up my life with a love and a devotion and a trustworthiness. Oh, there have been those others, that's for sure. But when I need happy thoughts, I can find in those 57 years of active ministry so many wonderful people attempting to serve God along with me. Strangely, my tossing and turning ended when I began to think of all the sextons who served the church. They were the ones who kept the church clean and a pleasant place in which people could gather. The sextons I have known were hard-working, dedicated laborers. These were not a people ever to be looked down upon for their difficult and janitorial type of job. No, these were Christians, dedicated to serving God, as did the pastor and others in the church. Not only that, (laughs) not only that, From the beginning to the end of my being a pastor in their church, they had to put up with me. (laughs) And you can ask Dale. Oh, that's not always easy. So for the next few weeks, I'm going to introduce you to some of those laborers for God who all too often went unrecognized. In my first church, The Sextons were a husband and a wife, Chester and Evelyn. They kept the church in West Boxford immaculate. During the week, the shutters on the huge windows 
were pulled over so that the sun would not destroy the woodwork and bleach the paint. When I went there, I I believe the sanctuary hadn't been painted in 15 years, and yet it looked brand new. And after the service and function in the church, every one of them, that couple would put everything back in order. But more than that, they had to deal with a young, just graduated from seminary, pastor. Oh, and I must mention that Evelyn always said she needed to be a sexton too because men just don't see all that dust that women do. <laughs> and so, But as a young pastor, I was so worried about my preaching so that I would go over to the sanctuary on Saturday night and preach my sermon with a conviction and a vehemence. Little did I know that my preaching all alone in that sanctuary was heard by God, but also by Evelyn and Chester. (laughs) Oh, how kind they were to not say anything to embarrass me, but only gave me words of encouragement as I sought to be a spokesman for God. The West Boxford Church was located on Route 133 in Massachusetts, not a heavily traveled road back some 50 years ago. West Boxford back then was not a suburb of the city of Boston as it is now, but it was a farming community. There would be nights after 8 o'clock when you did not see a car driving down that road in front of the church. And it could be a lonely drive if you were all alone in your vehicle late at night. One night, it was snowing. As we say in New England, ever so hard. You could not even see your hand in front of your face. It was a blizzard. And anyone driving that route that evening would have had a difficult time following the road. I saw Chester checking the church, and I went out and asked him if he would turn on the large spotlights that eliminated that beautiful church on weekend nights. Hey, Chester, I asked, would you be willing to put the lights on the church so that anyone passing by will be encouraged to go on and know there was a church family that was concerned about them on this snowy night? Chester turned the lights on for me. And oh, how beautiful was that white church, God's house, that night. If I close my eyes right now, as you and I visit together, I can see and feel that snow and that storm, and I can gaze at that church and that snowstorm. How beautiful, how sacred it was. Chester's wife, Evelyn, sang in the choir. But Chester never attended services, never. This once young pastor never questioned him about that until one Sunday, the Sunday following Easter Sunday. And lo and behold, Chester was sitting in the church that Sunday after our wonderful Easter celebration was all over. The Sunday after, there was Chester. How come you were in church this Sunday, I asked him. 
His answer, well, Ken, that is the Sunday during the year that you need me the very most. (laughs) There may have been another reason, but that first one was reason enough for me. Chester and Evelyn are a happy memory for me. You see, so many times in my life, I have been a laborer and oftentimes a servant. I know what it is like to hold a difficult laboring job. And there were many days of my laboring as a carpenter and moonlighting to support my family. So I identify with Evelyn and Chester and all those who make our lives easier by their willingness to labor and to create a life more meaningful for others. Next week, I plan on talking to you about sextons again. One of them, the jolly green giant, and another, a man with a very common name, Charlie Smith. So until next week, this is Ken asking this, that the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from the other. Amen.